Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about the NFL, the holdouts, the preseason is about to jump off. So we're going to talk a lot about that. We'll talk about the players that are riding in helicopters, players that are holding out, you know, people that are getting ready for the preseason that haven't played in a while. We're going to talk about all that. We're also going to talk about the big three and talk about all the players that's in the big three, some of the big challenges that is going on about their marketing, as well as how would it affect other markets as well, especially the those in the WNBA and the NBA as well. My co-hosts Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross join me, Al Qualls, and that's right now on Guys Talking Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Great to have y'all here. We're going to get right into it. I got my co-hosts with me, Adrian Catwell and Earl Ross. What's going on, fellas? How y'all guys doing today? Uh, we're doing good. It's a humid summer night, but uh, we're all doing good. Yeah, man. You can't believe with all this rain, it's still humid. It's all get up outside, so it's crazy. <laughs> Definitely is crazy. Um, just so much with the humidity going, the way things are right now, um, really a lot to get started on. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about some of the things that are going on in the NFL with preseason starting to, to, to hit off and a couple of injuries that's already just, just started. Uh, so without further ado, let's just get right into it and talk about some of the news that's going on in the NFL. Um, I'm going to open that up to an open discussion because I haven't really caught up on the NFL news as of late, especially today. Uh, so I'm just going to open it up round robin, and whoever wants to talk about it can go go first. Well, I mean, you know, uh, training camp just started, so everyone is reporting back today or this week. I think most teams um, – um, started probably earlier in the week, but I think everybody is pretty much back now, veterans and rookies, so definitely in the full swing of things. So, you know, for me, you know, it's kind of seeing how, you know, obviously Patriots and the um, Philadelphia Eagles, you know, how they're going to fare and look going into the new season. Um, obviously, one of the top news that we heard yesterday was Todd Gurley got its money, a uh, four-year extension. Um very well deserved. Um, I think it bodes well and might be a little bit of leverage for Le'Veon Bell uh, with his contract dispute. He wants an extension. The Steelers did not give him an extension, so he's playing under the franchise tag. And I think he's getting, if I'm not mistaken, 18.5 mil or 14.5 mil this 14.5 mil this season. Um, I'm not sure if all that's guaranteed. I think the um, franchise tag contract they are. For the most part, but um, it definitely looks like the Steelers are gonna not sign him, and he's probably gonna hit the free agent market if he has a good season. The season um, coming up, um, he'll be a free agent, um, and then um, will he be a free agent or can he franchise tag him for another year? I think this is the this is the second time. I think if it's the second time, then they can't do it again. Nope. So, um, if he has a good season, you already saw the bar set with Ty Gurley with, with his contract. Um, so um, it's going to uh, be very interesting what happens if he has a productive season, no injury, you know, 
of next season is definitely going to be some teams vying for his services. They need a good running back. Um, and obviously the running back um, position has been, you know, devalued over the last, I want to maybe say 10 years uh, because now we're such a, a heavy passing league. But of late, you know, you got a lot of good, you know, good running backs coming in there. Obviously, you know, Zeke Elliott and, um, and um, um, uh, this running backs from the Saints. Um, Kamar? Kamar, yes. If they stay productive when their time comes, they're going to be looking to get the same kind of contract extension Todd Gurley got, if not more. So that's going to be looking like the baseline barometer moving forward for running backs, you know, getting a contract extension if they're worth their weight like Todd Gurley was. And, of course, my New York football Giants gave Saquon Barkley all that money. <laughs> and the boy ain't took a snap, but I mean, for running backs, I mean, it's like your 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 window is short. If you're going to get your money, get it early, get it quick, get it fast. Because after that first contract, depending on how you fare, if no injuries, not everybody's going to get a top early contract extension like that. You might get team that play hardball like they are doing with Le'Veon Bell. So for me, right now, it's I like seeing Tiger really get his money, but I guess I'm just kind of curious to see, hopefully no injuries, major injuries that derail anybody. I mean, the Giants build their um, supplemental draft who was going to replace their third-round pick from next year. You know, he got tangled up in the shoulder. Now he's out for the season. So talk about grand opening, grand closing immediately. So um, it's going to be just interesting to see how training camp goes and to see if we got any major injuries that's going to hit out there. Well, <clears throat> yeah, to follow up, well-deserved uh, extension for Gurley. From my understanding, Le'Veon Bell actually turned down a contract from the Steelers where I think he was going to get five years, $70 million or something like that, five years, $75 million, which equal to be, if he's under the franchise tag, $14 million, it was equaled out to be like $15 million a year. So they were willing to give him $1 million more than with the franchise tag was going to give and he turned that down which in his case was very smart considering now what Gurley got for his four year I think it was a four year 60 million dollar extension so that's like 17 something 17 17 and a half or something to that effect so the Steelers if the Steelers really want Le'Veon Bell they're going to have to pull me up for him uh, but you got to give Steelers props. I mean, they've time and time again have given up on star players at the right time, and it's worked out fabulously for them. Uh, case in point, when they let go of uh, – what was the wide receiver? Caught the, the total touching uh, touchdown in the end zone in the Super Bowl. Can't think of his, and he ended up going to the Jets. Uh, what is his name? Ah. Uh, can't think of his name right now. But I think he had just won, you know, he had just had the, the game winning catch in the Super Bowl. Um, and the Steelers let him go. And he ended up going to the Jets for a couple of years before he ended up retiring. And it just seems as I don't know if he retired or he just got phased out because he just wasn't the wide receiver that he was anymore. And I apologize for Santonio. Yeah, Santonio Holmes. There we go. Yes. So it's not the first time the Steelers will be willing to cut bait on somebody on the, on the prime 
of of their career because they believe that they have players in a wing that can pick up and just you know pick up where the next player left off. The Steelers have been doing been killing the draft year after year after year. So wouldn't wouldn't doubt me in the least if they have a, a decent running back core that can pick up if uh, they decide to part ways with Le'Veon Bell. Um, outside of the NFL, down here in Baltimore, because the Ravens and the Bears are playing in the Hall of Fame game, the Ravens have been practicing now for about a week. Um, so they've been really pacing themselves with how they practice. They're not letting their veterans practice for more than an hour, and then they let them go home. Um, they haven't really even practiced practiced in, I think they practiced in pads once already. Uh, but as far as avoiding the injury bug, they've been doing pretty well. Um, haven't heard anything out of the Bears camp as far as injuries, but I know they're practicing as well just because they have that extra game this preseason. But uh, football's back, fellas. Uh, pretty soon we'll be talking some college football too. You know, that's my that's my passion. That's my pleasure. As I can say, my man from Friday, Pops. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, if we thought we had some soap operas, some drama with the NBA, you know, the full time onslaught of 24-7 NFL drama is about to hit, hit the fan. So, you know, we're going to be licking our chops and eagerly awaiting to discuss all the ins and outs that will be coming up. Yeah, I, I agree with that um, because there is a lot of drama um, that's going to happen. Um, regardless of what happens with the um, – well, the NBA right now so is kind of quiet. Um, but with the upcoming NFL – season and a college football I think that there's a lot to look forward to um even though everything is starting to, to come out um so to speak right now um as it gears up for the preseason games um you know between the signings and the people holding out the players holding out I think it's always interesting to see how things progress because there is some storylines whether or not the person that holds out, whoever, is going to actually come to an agreement, so to speak. And then you have the whole fiasco about all the other politics behind the NFL with the kneeling still and everything, um, with the national anthem. And, you know, I'm, I'm, to be honest, one thing's for sure that I'm interested in in the NFL season, and I'm interested to see how Andrew Luck plays um, oh, yeah. turning back from – from all the injuries and everything. I'm very interested to see how Andrew Luck plays in this first piece in game. So there's a lot of news, a lot of intrigue right now for this upcoming NFL season. And to be honest, I can't wait because I'm very intrigued of what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, I mean, you already got the, the storylines coming out. You have uh, Julio Jones holding out for the, um, with the Falcons. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm all for a man trying to get, get his money, but I mean, come on, Julio, you did sign that contract not that long ago. I mean, it ain't been, what, two years that he signed that contract, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he's already, you know, holding out for an extension to that contract, which I think was a five-year or so um, um, contract that he signed um, two years ago. So, Well, let me – let me. can I ask you a question in regards to that? How? What do you guys think about the holdouts? Because um, do you think there should be some type of, um, I guess, not – 
is there some type of limit before you can ask or be demanded for a holdout? Because there are going to be people that hold out after signing a, a, a contract a year from now. So, like, that could happen. So my question is, you think that should there be some type of, I guess, not unwritten rule, but, you know what I'm saying, like some type of uh, option where, or some type of rule where after a year or two you can't, you know, hold off, hold out off of your contract. You think that's that's even possible? I think I, I think it look, and I think most most players usually, um, let's say they sign a uh, a three year contract with the fourth year team option or player option. So let's say you get to you're getting in the middle of year three, and you're looking for a contract extension they're not doing that, then I can see going into that optional fifth year holding out till you get that contract extension. But, I mean, if you sign a five-year contract and you're, you know, year two going into year three, I mean, I don't think – it doesn't look like a good look to do that because you still have some more years before you get to that last – before you get that last year or the year before the last. But – you know, since the NFL players have no guaranteed contracts, and I mean, only thing that's guaranteed is your signing bonus. I mean, teams can cut bait, you know, at the drop of a hat from a person. So I mean, they can just NFL can just eliminate all this headache by giving people guaranteed contracts. What do you think, Ace? Yeah, I'm agree. I agree with you guys. Um, Yep. Girl, this pretty much hit it on the head. I disagree. <laughs> well, that answers that question. <laughs> that answers that question. Um, so, but with the whole, all right, so the, the question I'm having is that would people be upset because of that, the holdouts? Because, I, like you said, or like depending on the range of the contract or where they are, um, I can, I can, it varies. Um, but do you see people getting upset when uh, players jump the gun on that with the holdouts um, when they're so early into their contracts? From a fan perspective, it does leave kind of a tight, uh, 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 a bitter taste in your mouth. I mean, I mean, I mean, we all understand this is a violent game, and you know, at any time, at any play, a play going wrong, a hit going wrong. You know, you can basically end a person's entire season, let alone career, or in, in worst case scenarios, his life. So, um, you know, so you try to be very mindful, and respectful of that from a player's perspective. Um, but like, as a, from a fan perspective, it does it does leave a bit of taste in your mouth, a la, you know, OBJ. I mean, he could have held out this whole season, you know, and. If he didn't have the, all right, let me go back. If OBJ didn't have all the incidents with the hoes in Paris with the alleged coke on the table and all the other, you know, knuckleheaded stuff on the field, if he came in, he probably would have held out beginning of training camp and he would have had a far better leverage um, if he didn't have all the off-field incidents that occurred. Well, if he didn't have that off-field incident and then the stuff with some of the celebrations, he would have held out, but now I think he's trying to keep a nice image, so he's doing very limited stuff in training camp. So he's not really going to exert himself until 
the first game of the season. Now I can definitely see him being real pissy about things and maybe trying to hold out the season. But I think in that case, from a, a player's perspective, it kind of like really, you know, really Odell, you want to hold out, but you do have one year left in your contract. But I'm all about the people getting their money, but I'm all about them getting guaranteed contracts because that will eliminate all this. Well, I'm thinking if the leagues should start to shift towards guaranteed contracts, then you're going to start seeing much shorter contracts. You're going to start seeing two- to three-year contracts versus these five-, six-year contracts with X amount of dollars guaranteed. Might as well just give them a five-year, give them a three-year contract, $40 million, and say, boom, that's it. Um, in general scenario, I guess. Not in uh, not OBJ's uh, situation, but Julio holding out could work in OBJ's favor uh, because that will probably set the bar as far as what he will get as far as an extension based on what Julio Jones gets. So that will be interesting to see what Atlanta does with Julio Jones. Now, Brandon Cooks just got that massive deal from St. Louis. I'm sorry, from uh, L.A. Now, we all know Brandon Cooks and Julio Jones is two different wide receivers, but as you can see, L.A. is going out with, I got a small window here where I think we're going to win and we're going to get all the key players that we're going to get paid. We're going to try to go out there and win this thing, which I can't be mad at that philosophy because everybody knows the NFL window for winning is probably no more than two to four years. Unless you're the Patriots. Unless you're the Patriots. Right, right. And I don't know. His Patriots this when it was a decade. <laughs> right. Fifteen years. You know. They're they're anomaly, of course. Um but OBJ coming in, let Julio set the bar for what the contract is gonna be. The Giants are gonna have to at least match what Julio gets, if not more, considering what OBJ has done in his small tenure in the NFL. Uh he's going to get paid handsomely uh, for his services. So he's probably going to end up being top two, top three receivers in the league, if not the top receiver in the league, just just based because of his production. Um, Wait, you're saying that um, OBJ is going to – OBJ. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Julio will probably end up – because Atlanta would be foolish not to give him what he wants. Um, but – Julio probably for this year will probably get some sort of an extension or probably be regarded as the number one receiver in the league. The OBJ is going to come up next season after the end of the season, and the Giants are pretty much going to have to break the bank. I think the, uh, I think the Giants are probably going to do it. Do it. Um, do it. I think they'll do it this season. I think they'll get something worked out. Depending on how he plays and how he goes, if everything looks good and the Giants are riding high and he's – Got some touchdowns. They'll have a contract before Thanksgiving. You think OBJ wants to stay in New York? Of course. Yeah, for his brand, for his brand, it's better in New York. That or you take, or I was going to say that or you take his talents to Cleveland, be with his boy. That's what I was thinking. You know what? Then he might as well. Then he might as well did what you was talking about earlier this early season. They might as well trade him to L.A. because that's the only other place where his brand will fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he could go to Oakland. 
Oakland's interesting. Oakland's very interesting. <laughs> you mean Las Vegas? Las Grand. Brand. Las Vegas. That's 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 an ugly. Uh, I don't. Oof. I, I see. I see how hockey is working out there. I see how the WNBA is working out there. Exactly. Like <laughs> Bring someone like, big like that into the mix. Man, I'm even more concerned about um, because you know NFL squads typically come into the respective cities probably like on a Thursday or Friday. How do you keep the players from not going on a strip? <laughs> I'm assuming they're going to have to keep them outside of Vegas and bust them in an hour or two uh, for the game because there's no way you could bring a team to Vegas and you're going to tell them as grown men, hey, practice over, you know, bed check at nine or ten. <laughs> bed check at nine. Because they, they, they do that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They go to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Bad check at nine in Vegas. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that I just don't see where NFL teams are going to sit there and allow their team to stay within city limits, just I mean, because the, the then temptation. You to, then you have to make the, the, um, the trip short and sweet. I mean, you basically have a game on Sunday. You fly out Friday or or first thing Saturday morning. Doesn't even matter the days at this point. Right about that. It doesn't even matter the days. <laughs> like, come on. Like, is it really gonna be like okay? You know, Thursday would be a little bit lighter than Friday or Saturday. Or just, yeah, do, or, or just do a curfew. You ain't you ain't by curfew. You don't play. <laughs> come on, man. Which means, which means, if you don't play, guess what you don't get? You don't get a game check. You start you start tagging dudes in a, in a wallet, and I'm like, all right, all that money you done tossed out in the, in the strip club, <laughs> so I come back to bite you. Ain't playing on Sunday. Right. You killing me? You talking about Vegas? They don't need to go out. They'll bring it to them, <laughs> no matter where they are. Curfew well, like at nine o'clock doesn't matter if they're gonna come at ten o'clock into their room. Look, I'm talking, I'm talking about A's about you hitting the strip to get into some, you know, hangover, you know, one and three type shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I ain't talking about what's going to happen inside, though. I mean, oh, okay. <laughs> well, but, I, but I mean, look, I, I've only been privileged to get out there one time, man. And I only scratched the surface. We, you and I, we only scratched the surface when we went out there. So I can only imagine that these players – even those who make the, the minimum, I'm sure they don't go out there and spend lavishly like those who who make $20 million a year. But I, I, I'm pretty sure they know the ins and outs of Vegas. So it's like it's probably nothing new to them. But then, but you're throwing the actual game being involved. And, um, and you know, now that they've actually legalized – well, sports, sports gambling has always been legal in Vegas, but um, – it just, yeah, it's, I, I like to go out there for a game just once. I, I like to go to an Oakland, I'm sorry, a, a Raider Niner game in Vegas. I think that would be pretty cool. Or, or a Raider Giants game in Vegas. That, that would be pretty cool. Just to, just to kind of get a feel for what's it like to be. And, and make things even more interesting. With Vegas, you know, Monday Night Football, Vegas is typically not your spot for a Monday. But now for eight Mondays in the NFL season, 
Vegas is going to be popping on a Monday night. <laughs> which is why they got the team. And which is why the, the NFL is all in, but still nervous as all hell. Right. right. And they should right. be nervous. <laughs> and I can guarantee that Vegas is probably going to get at least two games on Monday night just because it's Vegas. <laughs> they're going to lie before. And if they got any scruples like the NBA, they better make sure they got a lot of eyes out there because <laughs> NBA ain't going to ever send a team out to Vegas after that NBA all-star fiasco they had a couple of years back. They, they were was, like, no, uh-uh, nobody going out there. But, but the crazy thing about it is all the fiasco was it wasn't from the NBA players. It's from the, from football players. That's all right. <laughs> around the whole weekend made it, it was a bad look for everybody. Didn't matter who got involved, it was their weekend. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hence the reason uh, why Las Vegas is going to be another attractive sell for players and free agency when it comes right down to it. But hold up. So how did the, the Vegas hockey squad had to, you know, play the Stanley Cup out there, but you didn't hear anything crazy go on as far as, well, at least, okay, I didn't follow the hockey Stanley Cup finals that, that, that closely to know if any real shenanigans took place in Vegas. I'm sure they did. Oh, it was some but. it was some shenanigans from what I heard. Eh? <laughs> you had um, Alex Ovechkin walking through the casino floor with beer all up in the Stanley Cup, literally on the on the casino floor, drinking out the cup, walking around with a whole bunch of girls following behind him. But yeah, really it's, well. it's Vegas. It's hockey. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it's hockey. <laughs> hey, hey, man, look. Come on, the Stanley Cup Finals is not a, as a bright light as if you got a Super Bowl in Vegas or if you got a NBA, you know, Finals game out there. It's different kind of atmosphere, different kind of quote unquote clientele uh, right, and crowds right, right. and exposure. I mean, like for the Stanley Cup Finals, unless you're really in a hockey and just happen to catch it on TV, nobody wouldn't have known they would had it. They had out in Vegas. Not not your casual sports fan. But Super Bowl, NBA finals, yeah, they gonna know. <laughs> it's a thing. You, you think the National Guard be called in just for that weekend? They're like, uh <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of a lot of interesting characters in town. We might want to call them reinforcements. Well put like this. <laughs> like you said, if they gonna put a if they put the NFL team out in Vegas you're going to see an NBA Super Bowl out in Vegas within the next within the next five to ten years. Oh, of course. They're going to want to showcase that new venue. Um, and they'll probably get a Super Bowl a heck of a lot sooner than what we think because it's also a warm weather state. So whether it's an open open stadium or a dome, they're going, get, yeah, they're going to get plenty of Super Bowls out there. Yeah, I think when the Giants completed their new stadium, I think they got it. Well, they, they got it within – I think two years after they completed it. Mm-hmm. So and they, they say they never wanted to go back either. <laughs> play in this, that's, that's, we'll save that conversation to way into the NFL season. <laughs> but I have a question. How do you guys feel about James Winston? And do you think that he's on a, um, a, a zero tolerance policy moving forward? I think I heard somebody compare James's instant, instant, I'm sorry, incident to Roethlisberger's incident in New Orleans or wherever he was when he supposedly groped a girl in the bathroom. And he I thought had, it was Pittsburgh. Nah, nah, it was, in, it was somewhere down south. 
and he had his he had his little incident, and I, I I don't even I don't even recall if he even got suspended at that point because I guess at that time they weren't doing the whole moral conduct type of thing in the NFL. I think he went through his legal his legal situation and probably had his did what he had to do to pay people off or whatever, and he started playing. And of course, when you start winning. <laughs> Winston starts winning. I'm not saying that this today's times are different than when Roethlisberger went through his incident, but you know, winning cures all ills. If Winston goes in there and leads Tampa Bay to a playoff, you think they're worried about his four games, uh, four game suspension or three game suspension, whatever it is? Nope, because then he's, his his fifth year option is going to be picked up, and the Tampa's going to have to break the bank to sign him to a long term contract. In the story, I, I I don't know. I I I I at this point, like I think the difference between Ben and and Jameis was the fact that Jameis has a history of doing some things a little bit. I I I, re, I think I recall he's been doing he's done some shenanigans in college. Um, and that whole incident, as a matter of fact, the more I'm thinking about it, that whole incident in college. Before he was brought into the NFL, I think that is really is going to affect the the thing going forward. Um, well, I, 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 I would put it like this: whatever the NFL does, they're going to watch him like a hawk going forward. And if I'm Jameis, like. If I'm the team number one, they should have him on a zero tolerance type of a contract. I mean, he's too good of a player to be messing things like this up, doing things like this. Not too good of a player, but he's good enough to be not to be doing things like this. And you would think that he learned his lesson before coming into the NFL. And whether it's true or not, that's neither here or there, but he, that's something that he needs to address himself going forward. Um, I don't know whether or not, you know, if it happened or if it didn't, but that's something that he can control, especially if he's trying to make, you know, be a better offensive player, a better quarterback for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, uh, it's a, it's a pattern of behavior um, with incidents back at Florida state and you come into the, you know, the, you know, the NFL I mean, for a few things that happened, I mean, for the most part, he really hadn't heard anything. And this this happened, what, a year or or so ago with the whole incident mm-hmm. with the Uber driver. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it has some similarities to what happened with Ro- Roethlisberger, but, but I agree with you, Al. It's the pattern. Ben Roethlisberger didn't have that pattern of stuff happen, not that we, not that we know of. And when that incident occurred, Ben Roethlisberger had been playing very well at a very high level and been to a Super Bowl. So he had that cachet, you know, behind mm-hmm. his name. So that carried that kind of, that carried a lot more weight. Whereas James Winston hasn't done anything yet. And right now, I mean, like I think if I'm Tampa Bay, you know, you hope he comes back. You hope he plays good. You hope no more incidents occurs. You hope that he gets his mind right. But you always have to keep in the back of your mind that this is a pattern. He hasn't shown that he's got it yet. 
So, of course, I'm pretty sure they're probably keeping Philly on speed dial. I was like, you sure you want to get rid of Nick Foles? You sure you want to get rid of Nick Foles? So, um, <laughs> I think they I, – I, I agree with you. They're probably going to be watching him like a hawk, and his his um, hook is going to be very, very short. Well, um, I understand that his uh, incident at Florida State happened when he was like a sophomore or something, not to, to downplay the incident or the situation. I think personally, um, my opinion, I think alcohol might have had something to do with it back when he was in college. And obviously alcohol has something to do with it with this whole Uber situation. <clears throat> I, you know, you can't tell somebody or you can't handhold anybody when you want to go out and drink and, you know, get a little saucy or whatever. But uh, his boys needed to be a little bit more cognizant of who he was and shouldn't have had him in the front seat next to the Uber driver, regardless of who he may be. Um, but I, I the Florida, the, the incident with the young lady at Florida State, then of course, after that, he had the incident with the crab legs, which was stupid, yeah, right, right. But the time from what that when that incident happened to the time that this next incident happened, I think was a two to four year window, he pretty much has been keeping his nose pretty much clean. That's why I think maybe alcohol might've played a role in both situations. Um, whether or not he was not found guilty at Florida State, but you know, not to say that he was or if he was or wasn't, I'm not passing judgment or trying to judge, but uh, that's this where I think it all lays down to. I think, when he gets a little saucy, you know, he throw inhibitions out the out the window. He just, you know, when people get drunk, they just say what comes out of their mouth. I, even I'm guilty of some. Nah, nah I don't get that. It's, nah, I, I'm guilty of it my damn self. I don't like to speak of it. I don't even like to think about it. You know, when I think about that one incident, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> regionals. Philly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't do anything as bad as Jameis, but when you're drunk, you know, things just come out of your mouth. You just tend to say or do whatever it is that you want to do. And um, and I think that's, you know, just he just probably needs to, if he's going to go out and have a good time, he just needs to know that maybe I need to sit that last drink down or maybe I don't need to drink as much this time around or maybe I don't need to drink at all when I'm out. You know, because I, I still need to be able to have a good time, but I still have to understand and realize that if I drink, I might put myself in situations that I only I have a very short leash at this particular moment now. So I'm not trying to put myself in a worse situation. No, so, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Hmm. But yeah, he definitely has to take ownership of that. Oh, yeah. He has to be that person to say, OK, I can't do this. And he can't get mad if he if something does happen and there's consequences behind it. Because, like you said, he's, he's of age now where he should know now. I mean, especially if you're starting, you, you know, you're starting in the NFL. You're starting for an NFL football team, which is rare because of the actual color of your skin being one of the few that are starting. You know, you can't take that lightly. Like, I would be doing everything in my power to, give, to work on keeping it without the um, having the, I guess, the – outside stuff come in. So I agree. 
So I agree. Or if you want to get saucy like that, stay in your own crib. <laughs> <laughs> get saucy amongst folks that you're familiar with and who knows who you are. Exactly. So that if you should inappropriately touch somebody, it's the people's. <laughs> well, I guess the overall hope is that he'll he'll display better judgment moving forward. But from a football perspective, you know, you got to win some games because right. if you're not winning games, then they're not going to want to keep you around. That's talent. Like, like with OBJ, talent <laughs> will let a team overlook a lot of stuff. And if you're sucking, everything becomes much more magnified. So it'll be who with him once he gets off his suspension. He gets in there and starts mixing up, and hopefully they can win some games. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, because I, I had high hopes for Jameis. Uh, him and Blake Bortles was really starting to do show some stuff, and they both kind of regressed a little bit. So I'm hoping that this time around – Play Bortles. <laughs> hey, he was playing pretty good. He, he showed his he showed his butt off in the, in the in the postseason last season. So I'm hoping that they'll he'll rebound and show that he's the quarterback that Tampa Bay drafted to be that dude over uh, Mariota. So it will be interesting to see moving forward. Speaking Definitely. of quarterbacks, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Andrew Luck. <laughs> Colts said, yo, you ready going in first preseason game? They're throwing him into the mix and saying he is ready for full active, you know, active training and training camp. So they're saying all this stuff with your shoulder the last two years, yo, <laughs> it's time to put up <laughs> shut up. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the franchise quarterback. You know, they're tired of their losing ways. They want to get back to the glory days and when they were winning. So I can't blame the new coaching staff to say, you, you healthy? Come on, let's, let's rock. Let's rock. You know, you just throw those little, those little uh, fake balls around. Come on, let's, let's throw the real pit skin around and see what you can do. Completely agree. I mean, and that's why I said I'm, I'm intrigued by this because, you know, it's really put up a shot up at this point. Um, nothing else you could do at this point but show and prove. And if you can't show and prove now, then they know what your value is worth. And wouldn't be surprised if they start looking elsewhere for quarterback. So from a franchise perspective, you know, it's, it's time. It's bottom line. It's time. You got to do what you got to do and show and prove. I don't want to hear nothing about the preseason. I don't want to hear nothing about the, the camp or anything that you, you know, you throwing, you know, rifles in camp. You got to make sure you do what you need to do in the, in the preseason and in the regular season. Bottom right. line. Right. I agree. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about something that we haven't talked about yet, which is the big three. Um, big three basketball is really starting to increase in popularity. A lot of team, a lot of pl- people are watching the big three um, created by Ice Cube. And it seems though it's really taking off. So I want to get your guys take on it. Um, it shows that um, Fox Sports has been I guess, broadcasting it from different locations. So just want to get your takes on the big three and what do you see in the future for the big three? Uh, I think, I believe they have 10 teams right now. I think, not 100% sure. I think that it can evolve to be a lot bigger than what it is uh, just due to the popularity, just due to the fact that 
some of these guys, you know, that are playing, yeah, they might be in their late 30s, early 40s, but they're still out there balling at a high level. Like uh, my, my dude, my, my, my Mahmoud Raouf is out there balling in the big three. It's my Mike dude Pitty. right there, my favorite player. Yes. One of my favorites of all time. He's out there, he's out there throwing, throwing up some trays and that four-point shot and really putting in some work. Um, there's some really elite talent out there that, yes, I guess because of their age, they can't play in the league anymore, any five-on-five professional type of league. But for three-on-three half-court basketball, sure, why not? I mean, it's, it's, it's an exciting brand of basketball. It's different. And it really kind of ties the gap between the low of the, uh, the offseason of the NBA and kind of helps with the WNBA. I don't know how much it's kind of taken away viewership from the WNBA, but um, it's interesting. And I, what I did learn is the Big Three only shows games on Friday night. So you'll see about four to five games every Friday for about 10 weeks, and then they'll go through their playoffs and have their championship, which I think is good because then it kind of – makes me look like a hypocrite. It doesn't take eyes away from the WNBA because the WNBA is playing their games static throughout the week, whereas the Big Three is only being broadcast on Fox Sports from 7 to 11 or whatever time from the day on a Friday night. And it's this really interesting style of basketball. And I think that if they really – they can really turn it into a pretty – big thing here in the States and then they can really turn it to be sort of a global thing. Like they can have like a world big three, um, make it bigger than, than the NBA, so to speak, where the different countries can have their own version of the big three. They possibly have like the FIFA big three <laughs> where they can go out there and crown themselves. I mean, if they really want to think big and global because basketball is really that sport. That's really a global, uh, a real global type of brand right now, and more and more kids are becoming uh, engulfed in the phenomenon that is basketball. So it's, a, I think it's, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I, I was a bit skeptical of it at first. I mean, I wasn't really sure what to take of it, so I kind of watched the game sparingly the, the first season because I wasn't sure whether this was going to be like, you know, kind of like a gimmick thing or what this is going to be like you know, going to the Rucker or, you know, or going, you know, watching, you know, some pickup games, you know, at the gym, you know, you, you wasn't really sure what the, what the make of it. So, I mean, it's like you said, it's intriguing. I mean, you definitely have a lot of players that they used to play in the NBA out there. Um, um, some people, you know, that are a bit more long ring tooth per se than others, but I think it's catching on, like you said. I, I've caught some. I haven't watched full games, but I've I've, I've watched them here and there sparingly. Um, but it's definitely getting some traction. Um, Fox is definitely putting some money behind it. Um, doesn't affect the NBA brand because the NBA brand is is it's pretty well off on its own. Um, the WNBA brand it doesn't it doesn't affect them because their brand. Just doesn't hurt their brand because you still don't. The viewership for the WNBA is still not as what they would like it to be, so it doesn't really hurt them one way or the other. But I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I almost kind of take this as akin to like the PGA Tour, where you have 
your regular PGA tour, then you have your senior PGA tour where you have a lot of people that used to play on the regular tour in the senior tour. And you still get a lot of people watch that and compete in there. So I agree. I think this, I think this is a really good takeoff. I mean, if it's actually it's eight teams. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they pump a little bit more. I think right now they're probably going to just expanding too far, too fast might not be a, a, a great thing at the moment until you get a little bit more money and stability behind it. But I think it's interesting to watch. I mean, it's a lot of people I haven't seen play in a while. Jesus Christ, I saw Mike Bibby out there playing one day, for God's sakes. So, um, and that dude is jacked. <laughs> like, what got into you? <laughs> so, um, I mean, this is it's interesting. I guess it almost kind of tells the fact how of um, certain to say as far as the NBA to a certain degree. I mean, I mean, I mean, for all you know, intents and purposes, um, rookie and second year NBA players are not all that particularly good. So I think. Is, is watering down the NBA play as a whole. I mean, that's why I think it's so top-heavy with three or four teams and everything is kind of like watered down in the middle. But these guys are still can ball. I mean, they still can, they can still get it. I mean, I would love to see Kobe out there. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> he wouldn't do it. But, you know, it was kind of nice to see, like, what NBA players you haven't seen. Oh, Amari Stoudemire, I think, is out in there as well. So, um is all about who haven't you seen out there play that you can kind of see like your your still your favorite, you know, your favorite. So I guess for us in our age bracket, this fits well because all these guys we grew up watching. I think for you know the kids that are you know in high school or or in uh, maybe like college, they're not going to care about us because they don't know about all these guys not all prior in the NBA. So for us, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um... It is kind of cool because it gives that demographic um, for those out there who um, miss some of those players that used to play back in the day um, to see how they how well they're playing and what they're doing now going forward. Uh, to be honest, I I agree with you, Earl. I didn't think this was going to take off the way that it took off, but I think how marketing how they marketed it and now with Fox Sports um, broadcasting it turned it and made it a complete one eighty. Um, now, majority of people is, you know, is talking about big three out as the next big thing in basketball outside of the NBA. Um, so, and what it also does is give the older, um, quote unquote, players that haven't been around in the league um, a chance of playing in some type of league. And now there's there's talk, there's talk about them wanting to come back into the NBA. Um, so. It's a lot of intrigue behind this. Um, me personally, I think it's, it's, it's good because there are people coming to the stands to watch them play live. So, you know, it, it, it's definitely doing its thing. And I, I, to be honest, I could definitely see it grow and them having more teams, even though um, there's talk right now saying that they may not – I mean, that that's out of the question. But if they keep this going, I think down the road in the future – they can actually – I think they can actually do some wonders and grow as a league. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to front. I mean, I would be interested in checking it out if it were in the Baltimore area um, just because it's something to do. And uh, they seem to get uh, – they seem to make it so that it's friendly for crowds and put on a good show. 
And these jokers are really balling. I, I mean, it's physical. It's a physical, st- uh, physical style of basketball, too. I mean, they're not just out there for show. Like, this is some legit type of uh, situations for them. I don't know what kind of money is involved or how much they're getting paid to play. Obviously, they're getting a little something. I'm sure it's nothing, if anything, but at least not what they're used to getting. But yeah. <laughs> Right, you know, but obviously they love the sport enough where they're willing to come out there in their 40s and, and ball for peanuts. <laughs> I guess it's better than balling for free. <laughs> Uh, a lot of these guys still have day jobs. I mean, a lot of these guys out there are still commentate, color commentate for the NBA and other sports networks and got other things. So I think a lot of these guys, it's like, uh, it's like a, it's like your day, it's not your day job. It's like, you know, you're almost like your side hustle. Definitely, definitely, and. And these jokers, when they ball, they still trash talk like the like mm-hmm. the you know they go at it. So um, I saw a clip the other day with um, Nate Robinson after making a shot, going after the whole team that I guess he beat, and it's 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 crazy. Um, but it's so intrigued that people will love to see what's going on and pay attention. So I know I'm just looking at some of the some of the, the players that's on these teams. Uh, good lord, Drew, Drew Gooden, jeez. <laughs> yeah. He was just in the league a minute ago, you know what I mean? So it's like Drew Gooden, uh, Nate Robinson, uh, Baron Davis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some there's some stars, I mean, faded stars, but oh, Meta World Peace was just in the NBA, what two years ago, if mm-hmm. not a year ago. Yeah, he out, and he out there running the big three. I mean, I guess to them, it's just. Something to do, you know. It's a- it is something to do, and as long as they keep active, I think some and some of them still believe that they could go make a comeback in the NBA. Yeah. Well, see, I guess when you look at it, I mean, you have Fox Sports, you know, uh, you know, behind them, which is, I think, which really gets their big push because I think last year you only saw them on ESPN on like a Saturday night or a Friday night nobody was watching, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've been seeing their games on Fox at prime time you know, eight, 10 slots. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it, it's, it's good for them, but it also shows you how the NBA is, in my opinion, still not giving the women, you know, WNBA enough burn because, you know, they should have more games on Saturday nights, you know, just like the NBA does. They should have more games on Sunday on the bit networks like ABC and, you know, or CBS or Fox. I mean, you have them relegated to, you know, weekend games on ESPN, not even ESPN, ESPN 2 and ESPN, the other one. So it's like, right. and people wonder why the viewership for the NBA is not that great. Granted, you need a person to sell the league, and if there's not that transcendent figure like a LeBron James or even like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan in the NBA to kind of help sell the league. But you still got to get them in front of people's eyes and keep them on ESPN all the time and sparingly putting them on ABC. You know, it's crazy. If I was them, you should, they should be on ABC this, just like how the NBA is, not every Sunday, but get them on there enough so people can see it. Get them on Saturday nights so people can see it. You don't even see them on the big networks at all unless it's the championship games. And you right. only see it when it's the last one. Right. 
And here I you know. have here you have the big three on Fox every every Friday night or every other Friday night, and people can turn in and look. Casual fans can turn like, oh, okay, right. Like, like they know if they know it's there. It's something it's cemented. Like you know, on a Friday night at eight thirty, you could turn to Fox Fox Sports and know that the big three is playing. I, I totally agree with you. Um, the WNBA is just I. You know, I hate to say it like this, but I guess it's sort of like an acquired taste. It's you gotta you gotta love the fundamentals of basketball to really want to appreciate the WNBA just because of their below the rim, uh, below the rim type of ball. You know, people tune into the NBA because you got the high flyers, the dunks, all that good stuff. It was very rare to see, and there's some dunkers in the WNBA, but you know. You can go a good five, seven minutes of WNBA, and nobody can make a shot. And <laughs> you know, and you have to kind of really stomach and tolerate the defenses and the speeds and this, you know, just the women's game as a whole to really appreciate what they're bringing to you. Yeah, they have but, better. Uh, they have better mechanics, in my opinion, than, yeah. than the guys. I mean, but you still, you got to put them. You got to put them out there for the people to see. You can't have them in the, you know, the off, I don't say ESPN, it's off brand, but you can't have them in an off brand ESPN, you know, you know, um, channel. You got to have them out in Front Street, you know, so that people can see them. Well, I think the only way that's going to happen is if, because the WNBA, of course, is owned by the, by the NBA. They're going to have to pump some more money into it. They, they, I've read that they're losing money. By, well, I, I don't know if they're losing money, but they're not making money on the WNBA brand. But if they want to make it more visible, more viable for the for the common fan, yeah, they, I think they're gonna to have to pump some more money into it. Uh, put them in, keep expanding, uh, keep the better players in college here in the states to play, and also try to attract some of the better overseas players. They could come over to the WNBA play, you know, WNBA to play as well. Because if you can start stealing some of those international players, and they bring a different style, a different flair to the game, you'll start seeing more and more eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, along with the money, it definitely needs to be a complete rethink and overhaul of how they market market the NBA. Because you can put a ton of money in the WNBA, and it still won't float, in my opinion. But it's the way you market the brand, and right now. Right. The, the, the big three is have, it appears to have a better marketing brand plan in place mm-hmm. right now than the WNBA. I mean, the NBA as a whole has for the WNBA. Yeah, that's why I think the WNBA needs to step away from the entity of the NBA and start focusing on themselves. Don't rely on what the NBA is going to do, um, but it definitely needs to be a better marketing for the WNBA to at least make it to where they need to be because there's definitely something missing as far as that is concerned, where there's not too many people even showing up for WNBA games. So there should be, but I said, I would think that the WNBA market, you know, Baltimore would be a good market for the WNBA one because they don't have a professional basketball team in the area. Um, and if they can have an arena football team here in Baltimore, they can have all these BS type of supplemental sports here, they they can easily put 
the WNBA squad here in Balt in the Baltimore area, just like they have one in DC, and um, and thrive. You know, it's to be honest, that should be their marketing employee to to reach out to cities that don't have um, NBA um, teams or professional teams in general. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out that way. Um, the big three does it in spurts because they reach out to different cities. So as long as how they do it, their marketing is completely different um, so that, you know, they go to different cities, different locations, and basically, you know, it bigs them up at that particular location at that particular time. Um, WNBA needs to do something. That's really the bottom line to increase their viewership and to increase their members. And I think it, once they do that, WNBA players will start to see, you know, the, the, the word I'm looking for the advantages or the, the, the riches off of that. But we could talk more about that going forward, but we're way past our time, a lot of time. So without further ado, um, let everybody know where they can reach you guys at. Uh, you can reach me on uh, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram. Uh, J.E. Ross uh, 7, and shout-outs to Antonio Brown for arriving at um, training camp in a helicopter. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you, it must be nice to be stupid rich. Anywho, you can find me on Twitter, uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Shout out to the three-headed monster of the big three for still being undefeated. So without any further ado, we'd like to thank everybody for checking us out. Uh, appreciate the love and support. Don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud, on iTunes, or on Google Podcasts. Appreciate the love everywhere. But for right now, it's time for me to go to bed and get some sleep. So I know the fellas is ready to get off air. So without further ado, I'd like to thank y'all for checking us out. God bless and good night.